Hello and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry Ibell and my middle name is Jonathan. Today I'm chatting with Jace Wirtz, a super incredible human whose goal in life is to show people that anyone can pursue their dreams. In fact, Jace quit his retail job to pursue animation and that's all about what this chat is all about. Currently, he is a stop motion animator, filmmaker, editor, director, audio wizard, and CG animator who was featured in a recent PBS run WEDU Arts Plus documentary and his work on the Chomp and Stompin' music video was nominated for a Webby this year. But before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by my friends over at Bloop Animation, who've just launched a brand new full-color graphic novel series for animal fantasy fans called Snowland. It features snow leopards and arctic wolves on a wild adventure through a snow-covered mountain range. Shifty lynxes, secret monkey tribes, singing palace cats, and a cult of sheep are just a few of what the heroes of Snowlands run into on their journey. This is the perfect book for readers who love Aaron Hunter's Warriors or Tui T. Sutherland's Wings of Fire series. This premium hardcover book is only $19.99, and since it was created by Mormoraz, the guy behind the animation training website Bloop Animation, you can now get $25 in credit to any Bloop Animation course when you buy the book. So if you're thinking about getting any of their courses, like their stop motion animation course using Dragon Frame, you can just get this book first and then you get $25 in credit. So you kind of just get the book for free. And to get this deal, go to bloopanimation.com slash Terry. That's my name. And that's bloopanimation.com slash T-E-R-R-Y. And I've included a link to that in the description of this chat. So please check it out. And now, without further ado, let's dive in. Good morning, Jace. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing awesome, Terry. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome as well. It's bright and sunny out. We're talking about stop motion and we were both on a really cool documentary recently, which uh, is why we're talking now. Cause that's how I we love met. This. this is so cool. Like, I love this. Uh, I, I swear like three years ago when I first started researching stop motion again, uh, I stumbled on your videos and I just watched. Oh, really? But yeah, I'm serious. Like I just watched your videos over and over again. Like, how did he make it so smooth? How did this happen? I don't understand this. I've got to figure this out. <laughs> and you like, didn't wow. reach out to me. That's that's the real question. <laughs> well, I didn't feel as confident as I should have, I guess. You know, it takes a um, it takes a lot when you're first starting out. You know, I was unsure. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing, you know, um, where to go. I didn't know the terms. And I felt like that would be a, a big hurdle for me. I didn't want to just reach out to everybody and say, hey, um, which I should have, you know, totally. I should have, hey, how do I do this? You know, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, like before I started this podcast, I was like super nervous to reach out to anybody. It feels like such a big deal. Like, what am I going to say? Why do they care about me? I have nothing to show. And then after this podcast, I have no problem reaching out to like, literally anybody you directed the biggest marvel film i'm in your dms like <laughs> people are so uh like easygoing and like want to help especially in stop motion like people know how much of a journey it took to get to where they are and how much they had to learn so they're at least from my experience people are totally happy to to share anything Oh yeah, I started seeing that once I broke out of my shell in a sense and started reaching out to everybody. I was, I was, uh, or people started reaching out to me like, "Hey, uh, you know, what are you, what are you doing? Like, uh, where are you coming from?" I'm like, "I don't know what I'm even doing here. I'm just having fun, you know. I just trying to follow a dream that I had when I was a kid, and and it 
it was put on pause at such a, an early age and, and it resumed so much later in life, but it was, it was worth it because I learned so much in between that yeah. gives me the ability to continue doing what I'm doing. So, now. so maybe we were just talking about this before the chat started, but this light bulb moment you've had, and you kind of mentioned it where you said, you know, you, you felt a certain way at one point where you were kind of timid and, and nervous to reach out to people. And then afterwards, you know, you felt super confident. What, can you just walk me through this light bulb moment you have? Like, you know, what was your feeling beforehand where you weren't in doing anything in stop motion and like, you know, and then versus afterwards? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I guess I take it back to a few years, like six years, seven years ago when I was in retail. Um, I mean, I was so used to working like the standard type of job that everybody has out there just to survive. And, and you know, it, it paid the bills, uh, but at times it can get, you know, very uh, negative and, and they kind of, the whole situation kind of pushes you against the wall. So I got to a point to where I couldn't handle that anymore. And after 15 so years of being in retail, I, I decided that it was time to just make a huge decision. And yeah. I, I uh, yeah. How I did just, you, how did you end up in retail? Did you specifically, you know, determine to get into that? Sure. So, yeah, no, when I was younger, I, uh, I had a dream uh, of being an animator. I always wanted to be one. Um, I mean, Oh, it goes all the way back to like being 10 years old and, um, after my parents had a divorce, my mom and I moved in with her best friend, um, and she had a little VCR camcorder and it, it, she taught me, she was a, a director for theater, a theater director and a writer, an author, all kinds of different amazing, uh, you know, uh, hats that she wore. But at the time, you know, we were all trying to heal and mend our wounds from the divorce, but she was there with us and gave me this VCR camcorder to play with and showed me how to operate it. You know, you press the little red button and then you press it again real quick and keep doing that until you oh, are able to capture enough, um, you know, still images. And the beauty of it is the, the viewfinder, you would just look in it and you could hit play and it would play it in sequence. You know, you didn't have to have any kind of format. So it was almost like magic happening on the screen. So I take all my toys and I had a whole collection of Star Wars toys and Ghostbusters and I would just set them all up and and play with them and, and record them. We'd have big sets and, and scenes and, and it was amazing process. Um, uh, but that felt pretty quickly. After about a year, we moved away and moved to Daytona. And um, I, I kind of hung up my hat for, for love for stop motion and animation. And I went to, to Daytona to try to, to survive. I was only like 10 or 12, uh, somewhere in that age. And, you know, that's when you got to go to school. You've got to follow the standards. And all I wanted to do was, uh, was be a filmmaker, but I didn't have a camera. And, um, so when I was in seventh grade, after getting settled in, in Daytona, they had a program, um, in our school, in our middle school, which was for like Photoshop and, and, you know, very entry level, uh, 3d designs, like way back in the day, this is so much fun. So, uh, I, I got a passion for it and I just kept going and, um, eighth grade, I did the same thing. And then ninth grade going to high school, they had another program. It was called the gosh, ACMT, the Academy of Multimedia Communication Technology. It was awesome. Uh, so we did like Bryce five and <laughs> which is a really old, uh, 3d animation program and, and Photoshop when it was like Photoshop four or something like that. So an illustrator, it was really cool being able to, to, to work in that area, but, um, everyone always told me, Hey, you need to, you need to get a real job. You need to go and follow a, 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 a career path that will, that you'll be successful in, you know, animation that that's just a pipe dream. You're never going to be able to do that. So uh, of course, when I was 
at the age 16, um, I kind of gave up on animation and altogether. Uh-huh. I quit it and and I I moved over from the the academy I was in over to just standard curriculum. I, I just wanted to learn and and become what everyone said I needed to become because that's what you know that voice in your head or the the person on your shoulder telling you yeah. do this do this. It's the best thing for you. Um, they don't know what's good for us. Nobody does. We we only know what's really good for ourselves. So uh, I should have listened to myself. Of course, I was young. But um, long story short on that, it led me to just working in retail for 15 years of my life. Uh, Just, you know, whether it was uh, working at a movie theater, which was still kind of following my passion, but at the same time, it's still in a retail environment. You're working for somebody else, you're clocking in, you've got to, you know, go to their standards, which is, it's okay. You know, their standards are good, but I wanted to be creative. I wanted to, you know, have fun. I wanted to build stuff. And, and um, with between school and, and, and work. I was 16. So I was working and uh, as much as I could, I think I was working like 27 hours, 30 hours and also going to school. So it was like, there's nothing for me in my free time. So I, I, uh, I got into skateboarding and I skateboarded, but, um, um, many injuries over time, fast forward, uh, the light bulb moment really kicked in. I think after I had a car accident and herniated two of my discs, um, I had to stop doing pretty much everything at that time. I was a audio technician and, um, I was doing some pretty heavy work, moving speakers, mixing live audio for, you know, uh, large bands, um, youth groups. So I was doing a lot of intensive bending and moving. And when I herniated my discs, I couldn't do anything anymore. I couldn't move. I couldn't bend. Um, so I felt like everything was lost at that point, um, that I had worked so hard for, uh, I had to, I had to leave my apartment that I had at a one bedroom apartment about um, two miles away from my job uh, as an audio tech. And I had to leave my apartment and quit my job because I couldn't continue to work. And I moved in with my family. So, so um, they were gracious enough to take me in and allow me to stay uh, while I healed, you know, kind of getting back on my feet. But in that time of, of isolation, just being in my room, it really led me to, to being inspired again. To, to trying to reinvigorate what I originally wanted uh, with passion in film or animation. Yeah. So, so like, okay, so it, your journey is kind of like you discovered this thing that you absolutely loved when you were very young, 10 years okay. old, you're, you're, you know, stop motion, you're making your own films, you're directing, you're doing the acting, you're doing the editing, all in this viewfinder. I know exactly what you're talking about because I had the exact same experience. <laughs> I love it. And then, you know, life takes you in a direction and there's the voices of society and success in your ear saying, you know, statistically speaking, you should do this because you'll be better at it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, life just kind of took you in its own direction for a while. And you just kind of followed that until yeah. you had this really terrible moment where you had to literally quit your whole life. Like everything you had done for 15 years came to a stop and you had to like dial back and just sit by yourself and reflect at home like with your family is it sounds like this yeah and yeah, how, right. how did exactly you it. how did you not let that you know how did you not let yourself go to a dark place because it's like if that happened to me I can see myself you know feeling really shit and just like <laughs> you know, I can't no. do anything I can't even work yeah. I had this I had this dream 15 years ago I haven't even done anything about that like how did, how did you end up using this moment as an opportunity to, to change your life completely? <laughs> Man, yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, 
it's, it was like an epiphany hit me uh, when I was in this room uh, kind of by myself. Um, I was, before I had the car accident working in audio, uh, I was also doing short films. I was hmm. I just film. It was so cool. Uh, everything kind of like we were talking before we jumped on here, everything kind of fell into place. Like it was meant to happen. It was almost yeah. like synchronistic events started to transpire in front of me. You I was were like, supposed oh, to get like, hit by a car. Oh no. Oh, yeah, right. Like, no, I mean, well, this was before I got hit by a car, but <laughs> Meeting people while I was an audio tech led me to being able to start directing films and yeah. doing. So you had you had already slowly kind of Got opened yourself up to this path and looking for different opportunities that were kind of leading you to this other place exactly. already. And then yeah. when you got hit by the car, you I guess it just like took away all those other responsibilities that had nothing to do with film. That was it. I couldn't be on set anymore because um, on location it was just too difficult for me uh, to be able to to continue my tasks, you know, as a, if, even if I'm just, well, you know, directing film, you still have to do certain, you know, movements that are, uh. that are, that I'm in, un, I was unable to do after I had my injuries. Um, but yeah, to go back to where you were asking about uh, the, how did I avoid the dark times and in all honesty, if it wasn't for family, I, I, I think the fam, my family really helped uplift me because they, mm. They said, don't worry about it. You know, uh, everything you, you work so hard for and you put so much effort into it, it you did it. You, you were successful. You, you could do that. Wow. But now that you're injured, it's time for you to see what you really want to do. Like, what do you want to do? Now you have the time, you know, to do this. And when I first moved in with my family, I actually, um, I'm not too far away from Tampa and, and, uh, in Florida, but, um, I, would, I went down to the uh, Art Institute of Tampa to check it out because I really wanted to get into some type of uh, course or schooling where I could meet other filmmakers and integrate and get comfortable with them. But I already knew how to do some of the you know, editing and I didn't know how their standards were, but I wanted to see. So I went toward the facility, right? And uh, nothing against them, but it's a very small campus and uh, their technology wasn't really where I was hoping to be. And, I, and yeah. again, filmmaking wasn't really what I ultimately wanted to do live action. I, I had this, this inkling in the back of my head, scratching, just saying animation, animation, animation. <laughs> and I don't know where it came from out of nowhere. It was, I was sitting at home one day after the art Institute, after I'd already realized that, you know what? And, and I even did another short film while I was here with my family just to see if I could. And it, it yeah. me for another you know, several months afterwards, I could even really move very easily. Um, but we filmed that one and that one happened to be in circulation on Amazon for a while, Amazon Prime, which was pretty cool. It was just a short film and it was, it was all about like, um, you know, living your life, uh, working the corporate world, just kind of abiding by what your boss says. And then, you know, you're 70 or 80 and, and you're, you're finally discovering that you can go on vacation and you can enjoy your life. And that's what it was all about. It was about two uh, gentlemen coming home, brothers. They just got back from like Hawaii on vacation and they were just explaining how amazing their trip was. And it was very uh, intimate because they got to show how, you know, they might've worked their life, uh, their fingers to the bone and their, you know, their, their time is gone. There's, there's no way to get that back. But that short vacation brought them to realize how important taking care of them you know themselves really is to to really nurture oneself to really you know find your inner 
child and follow that passion and how important that is. So that, you know, I, I try to uh, instill that with all of my film that I, yeah. I do. But, uh, yeah. So I did film that here. And then I quickly realized that was it. I, I that was, I put the, I hung the, the hat up, put the towel, threw the towel in and I, I called it quits. So yeah, you did a little would, test. You're like, this is for me. And right? now let's, now let's go full throttle. So I just started doing research. Uh, my, my, my buddy, Alexander uh, Maroney, he was one of my actors. I filmed quite often. So he was messing around, making uh, little figures by hand and, and like, almost like puppets. And I was like, Hey, uh, do you want to maybe do some animation sometime? Like, I'm going to learn it. I don't, I, I learned it when I was young and I'm, mean, you know, a friend of a family showed me, I didn't really know what I was doing, but it, do you want to try this? And he's like, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally down. So, um, about six months go by, I'm just on YouTube. I'm in forums everywhere. I'm hunting, trying to find everything. And I stumble on your videos. I stumble on, uh, uh, Lee Hardcastle, like completely. Amazing. Right. Yeah. So I'm yeah. getting this, this dark side and this super happy, uh, you know, fluffy side too. So I think like melding them two together gave yeah. me the ability to kind of overcome this, the darkness that, that with losing sight of, you know, your goals at a young age and then just kind of falling into standard uh, system and then realizing that that is just going to chew you up and spit you out and it's unforgiving. It, it made me realize that I need to go back to animation. Like I loved animation when I was younger. So I did a deep dive. I spent six months just researching everything I could before I even bought a camera. Are you, are you working as at this point as well? Or is this, is uh, are you still kind of living at home and, and so, figuring things out for yourself? Well, um, I was picking up the steam and I was, I'd say about uh, a minute into filming Chompin' Stompin' when the pandemic hit. Ah. And I had a couple other jobs lined up, um, you know, gigs lined up to where it was going to give me the freedom of being able to move out. Yeah. Uh, pandemic hit, that kind of just stopped everything. It was like, you know, my herniated discs, they were still there. That pain was still very present. And in the time I was going to the doctor to uh, see what was going on, like, why is my back hurting? You know, can I get some help, some, some relief? I, I've got some MRIs. They said I had herniations. And then um, I went to a rheumatologist and he, he told me I had fibromyalgia after several tests and uh, I didn't know what that was. So I was like, what is that? And he's basically just said, you know, it's widespread pain across your body all the time. It's constant fatigue. It, like, I feel like, um, I just ran a marathon uphill backwards, carrying 500 pounds the whole way. Um, it restricts me from, you know, with the, in the documentary, so it restricts me from being out on, on set. So yeah. it gave me the time to say, all right, well, I had a, I had a, a Dodge Challenger at the time. I love that car. And I was like, I, I can't drive anywhere. I got to sell this thing. So I sold the car and I bought a new camera. I bought a Sony uh, a seven three and I bought dragon frame and I bought a laptop and I was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm dedicating my entire journey to the stop motion, even though I, I barely know how to do it right now. I, I wow. her stop motions were extremely rough, um, which was you know, obviously that's the way they're all going to be because, you know, it's fun. Yeah, but I'm just thinking about how many challenges you're faced all at once in like, you know, a car accident, fibromyalgia, which is well, there's Crazy. like a like, pandemic, you know, all of these things, like can't drive anymore. Your mobility is taken away. Like, and, and then you decide to like still come out and, you know, 
to take a totally new path into something that you loved when you were younger. That's, I had to, that's incredible. I had to commit to it because it was so much fun while I was doing it. And um, like I was saying, I, I did a couple of the test animations and I put them on my yeah. Instagram. And that was before I even um, had any animations on Instagram at all. I think if you go back, you could see it. it's called senseless videos or whatever. And it's a little guy skateboarding on a quarter pipe and he falls. And um, it was claymation. And, and I put a little uh, green screen behind it. So I put the background in it and it's, it's, it's terrible, but, um, somebody I had worked with on a couple of the short films reached out to me and he was a film composer. He did a lot of music and he had his own little, um, his own industrial style, industrial music going, uh, like a metal band, uh, stuck with green. And he reached out to me. He's like, Hey, would you, would you be interested in doing a music video? And I'm like, I, don't really know if I can, you know, how long is it? He's like four minutes and 24 seconds long. I'm like, that's a long video. Like I just did a nine second clip that took a whole week. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe, yeah, let's, let's do it. And uh, he sent me the track and I fell in love with the track. I just, I loved it because uh, the music's punchy. It's there. It's fun. It, it invigorated me because um, before I, I jumped into the, the film area, I used to play in an industrial metal band in Daytona. So we tore around like, you know, central, central Florida area and play, play shows. So like that type of music was always, you know, there for me. So listening to Chomp and Stomp and really invigorated my, my thoughts again, it's like, Oh, okay. So I'm listening to the lyrics and it's like, Oh, wow, this is what I experienced in my corporate, you know, life. Uh, you know, everyone's just kind of spitting you out, chewing you up, you know, you're subject to, uh, somebody who kind of controls you and, and, you know, cause they control your, your paycheck. So you got to abide by that stuff. So I was, I was like, yeah, I'll do chomp and stop. And I just, I don't know if it's ever going to get done <laughs> to be honest with you guys, you know, cause this is all I know. And, and they were like, yeah, it's cool. Do whatever you want with it. We don't, you know, uh, do a bunch of skateboarding videos. That's cool. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. And I was like, I got an idea here, you know, cause I had already started building little mini sets. So I, I started building this little like cubicle area because I wanted to represent what I had gone through. Like I felt like I was locked in a cubicle and uh, you know, all that I had were my little effects that told me get back to work in a sense. So uh, uh, it was, it was necessary for me to, to, to push on through that. So um, I started building the sets uh, while doing research on how to do stop motion. Um, after, like I said, about six months, I had dragon frame in hand. So I was able to actually take some photos with dragon frame before that was like stop motion studio or something free that was really rough um to to function with my my phone or whatever but um it got the job done uh, but dragon frame i took six months of just learning dragon frame i just wanted to learn everything i could about it like how oh to goodness. set up compositions how to set up green screening how to set up uh you know uh voice or lip syncs how to make sure that i have it all timed correctly you know because it's a it's a music video you've got to make sure that uh -huh. things old at a certain time you don't want it to you know show something on screen that doesn't make sense with lyrics or you know you don't want it to to you know have a loud sound when there's no you know need for it so i, I started just saying, all right there's got to be meaning in this and i i reached out to a, a friend that i grew up with uh for a short period of time when we were like six and seven we hung out we played you know ninja turtles and all that stuff and uh i reached out to him i was like hey man i see you've been drawing a little bit and do you want to draw a storyboard for us and he's like sure so we started talking and um that was before the pandemic and before i was actually diagnosed with fibromyalgia i had the herniated disc so i was still like hurting but didn't know i had you know whatever this was uh that was happening to me and he started doing storyboards we got about 
I don't know, 12 or 18 slides done. And he's like, I can't work on this anymore. And I'm like, that's cool, man. You helped propel me in, in, in the way I needed. He also helped with the logo. He did the um, chomp and stomp and logo. I, I sketched it on my whiteboard at first. I'm like, Hey man, can you do something with this? And he's like, yeah, sure. And uh, he did all the lettering uh, at the end as well. So, and he did the zombie heads. He made the, the resin cast zombie heads. So oh, he, nice. he put a lot of uh, amazing um, uh, style to it. He brought his style in it and that's what was meaningful to it. But anyway, uh, he had to jump off and, you know, work life. So I sat there for like a year and a half with only 18 slides. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Like, you know, I'm, I'm a year and a half in and I only have about six. You were still slides. crafting and everything this whole time. Still crafting, like, still building you, you were still preparing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I built sets. Yeah. They're all up, up there and in boxes. Yeah. <laughs> all, all foam board from the dollar store. So I just started hitting the dollar store. Uh, Cause it was only down the street from the house. And it was really like, I have to get out of the house and drive a little bit just to, you know, try to get the, the, yeah. the moving a little bit. So I'd go there and, hunt down all these foam boards and all the popsicle sticks I could get my hands on all the yeah. paint from Walmart with a big bag. And they're like, what is this person oh, yeah. making or buying oh. all this stuff? Every time I go to the dollar store, I'm like, what do they think I'm doing? Exactly. <laughs> oh man. I loved it. And then I, I started watching diorama makers on YouTube. That ah, was nice. Thing. I, I fell in love yeah. with that. And I just watched as many as I could. I watched, uh, I can't remember everybody's uh, channel because it was like two years ago, but. Oh, they're uh, so fantastic. Oh, you they're... know, they do all the like the Studio Ghibli, like House <sighs> Moving Castle stuff and like watermills and everything. It's so oh, cool to watch what they do just with like cardboard. And I'm like, I know it. Oh, man. I thought I was doing stuff that I thought yeah. was cool. And then I watched somebody else. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. doing awesome stuff. We're all, we all are doing awesome stuff. And I think that goes back to the dark time. Um, I had mm. to realize that if I didn't real, if I didn't feel like I was doing something that was awesome, mm. it's because something inside of me was from some other past experience told me that, and that's not right. You know, that's like abuse. So I started redirecting my thoughts just what do you mean that's, that's abuse can you can you it's explain if, if we say that we're not good enough at something yeah that's a that's self-abuse we're, we're telling ourselves something that's not correct we are yeah, capable yeah, yeah. of anything everything that we want to put our minds to there are things that are you know obviously being an astronaut's tough but you can aspire and work your way to totally. that goal and you never know who you're going to meet along the way that could help propel that goal and yeah. i figured stop motion was you know, I always loved animation. It was uh, a way for me to, to bridge into that area. You know, like, oh, I didn't feel good enough at first when I first made a few stop motions, but people loved them. They're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, do you want to do this? And it took me until Chomp and Stompin' was finished to realize that I beat myself up way too long for, totally. for no reason at all. Like, you reminded me of something else that I forget who it was, but they came on this chat and they said something similar where, you know, a lot of artists deal with imposter syndrome and not feeling good enough and blah, blah, blah. And they, their, their solution to combat it was just like, what would I say to a five-year-old? Would I say like, you're not good enough? Or would I, would, yeah. I say, would I encourage them to like, and give them tools to get better? And that's how they kind of treat themselves. So oh. it, it sounds, it, you know, what you just yeah. said too, it, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's a form of abuse to be like, Hey, fuck you. You're not good enough. For yourself, <laughs> right. Well, that's but, yeah. So how did, how did, um, you know, we've talked a lot about this moment, but at, like the before and afterwards, like once you decided like, Hey, this is abuse, I'm going to stop doing this to myself. How did things start to change? Like, was it immediately like light bulb moment? Like now I'm going full force and stuff like stuff is happening or yeah. was it still this, you know, the struggle of like telling yourself this and trying to convince yourself that things are actually a difference and working slowly towards where yeah. you are now. 
Yeah, I can't say it happened overnight. That's definitely not something it did. Uh, it it took all of those years of of. I mean, even I look back to I was beating myself up at a younger age too because I was yeah. told you know go get a real job, quit you know following your passions, do yeah. what we tell you to do because that's the best thing to do, and you know so that instilled in me it took a while to taper it off uh which is that's completely understandable you know that's something it's like the the proverbial you know angel and devil you've got the devil telling you you can't do it and you got the angel saying you can do it so <laughs> and, and eventually you and they're both stop motion animated yeah 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 the little little gary <laughs> uh, you know the, our star from chomp and stop and he's on either side wearing either wing yeah. <laughs> so um but it's 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 like the deep park deparkation moment when you're like, oh, I've been abusing myself by telling myself I can't do something. Why am I doing uh, Like, what is this? But then it's not immediate. You don't just say, oh yeah, uh, I'm never going to do that again and never do it again. You'll realize that you're, you know, you'll start to, to have that self-talk where you're like, eh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I should do this. And then eventually, once you've overcome that, you, you know, I was I produced Chomp and Stompin'. I I were I won a couple of awards. I won the Dunedin International Film Festival for Best Animation. I was blown away by that. So because I didn't. Isn't that crazy how you went from you know feeling like life was pulling you in a different direction? Working, you were working retail yeah. <laughs> or in a cubicle or whatever. To you know all this life changing stuff, and now you're winning awards, doing animation, something that you always wanted to do. Do you I ever guess. do you ever look back and have regrets on maybe not starting sooner or uh you know coming to this realization or do you feel that you know every part of your journey led you to this point and you wouldn't be here without all of those all of those things that happened beforehand i i think i started having regrets when i first you know mm. decided to make the jump just because i realized that you know all this time i feel like i wasted you know oh, wow. uh, in anticipation but then once i started progressing and learning and absorbing things and then you know meeting new people and they're like wow you learned that pretty quickly and I'm like wow I just you know focused on it I, I, I didn't have a job at the time the pandemic was crazy and, and my my family was so gracious enough to have me here um, and everything worked out I, I got all my bills down to absolute zero I didn't have any bills for many many oh, great months. yeah I, I got completely out of, of, of debt which was great because that was looming over me too you know you have this debt yeah and you accumulate debt. Like, what is that? Like just to live, just to have a home, just to eat food, just to have a car, just to go to work. Right. Like, what is this? And then, and then if you're not doing what you're passionate about in the end, like what's going on? Like, you know, something, and I started to realize that over time, it was like maybe a week I, I would, I would have that, that self-doubt going on, but then I would catch myself. And I'm like, well, no, I don't need that anymore. Like that, you know, that might've been something I thought about before, but now I see all the success with everybody I've started, you know, watching, um, you know, blossom and, and prosper and, and their stories, deep diving into how they made the move and, and what yeah. kept them back and realizing that, yeah, we're all human. We're all experiencing this together, you know, um, but at the same time, we all have our own separate experiences and we can only tell ourselves what makes us happy. Somebody else can't say, oh, this is what's going to make you happy and successful in life because yeah. that really help them. That might be what they're happy and successful at, but nobody can ever tell anybody else that they'll be happy and successful at something. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing. What you just said is, you know, you had debt and you weren't even doing what you were passionate about. So like you're, you're, you were doing the path that everybody said, this is what you have to do to just be a human and successful. And you were accumulating debt and not yeah. even 
doing what you were happy with and you weren't even being what definition of success was. I think that's, <clears throat> I think that's so important because like, for me, I had a similar moment where I was like, if I'm not doing what I'm passionate and, and happy about, then like, what is my life? Like, you know, I'm living it for, I'm living it for this external thing, looking at me saying, this is how a successful person is, but it, it wasn't me. And uh, it wasn't until I really, you know, dug into myself and, and truly asked my inner gut, what is going to make you happy that I was able to have this like honest conversation with myself going forward and say like, you know what, if, if life isn't going amazing in certain ways that I want it to be, then like, what am I doing? I need to at least be doing something I'm passionate about, regardless of what happens in debts and living yeah. situation or whatever, because like you only live once and life yeah. is short. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate what you were saying when you were like learning so fast. Like I had a similar thing too, where when I decided to, to change my career trajectory, like I was 30 years old and I felt like my age kind of, I was like, oh my goodness, I, in like 20 years, I'm supposed to be retired or something. Well, 50, I don't know, 60, 30 years, half of my life is over. My working life is over. I need to like learn everything ASAP. I had so much anxiety with like, learning as fast as I possibly could. And uh, that propelled me into my career faster than it would have. But now I'm just like, my totally mentality has changed. I need to like enjoy what I'm doing at a, a reasonable pace, not like this exactly. constant learning anxiety. So I, I'm, I'm happy you, uh, you know, when you were saying that, I was just relating to that in my, in my brain. Sorry to interrupt, but. No, um, no, that's perfect because that, that, that shows me that that's exactly the route that I went. I had all those blocks. I had all of the, uh, the struggles of, of imposter syndrome. It was all there. Like, Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, why? Oh, why? Oh, why? You know, all this like just rhetoric going on on repeat. Yeah. And it, that's understandable. You know, uh, when we're chewed up and spit out, like we are in the workaday world. Uh, and then we're, then we're expected to rebound with, without any type of, Oh, what's wrong with you? You know, like you should be right. okay. Like, and, you know, what? Yeah. You're just, you're just doing the expected yeah. path. Like yeah, the expected path is exactly it. And that's, I think that's a detriment to all of us. It, it's really keeping us from being able to be our true inner selves, our, our real empathetic, yeah. compassionate selves for, us and others, you know, you have, I always go back to this, like, you know, they always say when, um, when the, uh, the oxygen mask drops to put it on yourself before you put it on someone else. Well, I lived my whole life trying to put it on everybody else first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I'm suffocating and I'm drowning and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not surviving. And, and that's, it feels like society. And I keep going back to that, but it just, I use that as like a blanket term because that seems like, you know, the norm of whatever is out there for everyone they just want us to abuse ourselves, you know, ostracize yourself, bury your head in the sand and just do what you're told. And hundred percent. And, but that's, <clears throat> that's just the reality of it. I know so many people and I've had conversations with a lot of friends where, you know, they're, they're working the, the day job because that's supporting their family, their income, their, et cetera, right. but they're not, you know, they're not super happy with it at the end of the day and they're not doing what they want to do. And it takes, it takes a lot of, uh, I think guts to do what you did. And, you know, unfortunately you went through a bunch of situations that kind of forced you to reflect, but I, like, I'm super proud of you. That's amazing. Like I was feeling emotional, just like hearing your story, because I think it's, it's almost like the matrix where there's so many people like locked in this like regular, you know, this simulation that they think is what they're supposed to do. And when you finally take that pill, you know, That's the it. world 
the world changes yeah. <laughs> and you realize that. like you can just <laughs> kind of do what you want and reach out to the people you want and make the things you want. And of course there are realities to that too. You still have to feed yourself and you still yeah. have to be a regular fit into society person and pay your bills. Yeah. But it's not like you have to, you have to work the retail job and, and just like, you're also told to like, you know, this is acceptable, suck it up and yeah. just do this for until you retire and you'll be fine. And a moment for me was like, I can't wait until I retire when I, and I can start animating. And then oh. I was like, well, why the fuck would I wait until I'm like sitting at my cottage on the lake oh, man. when I'm 65 to like finally do some stop motion animation when I'm like so behind? Why don't I just fucking do that now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think about money later, maybe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I didn't even when I jumped off uh, because I was, you know, so fortunate to be here with my family I didn't even think about money you know I sold my car I was like I don't care about these worldly possessions I I was in the front room it was a dining room with a table and um we had it sectioned off with some curtains so I could you know turn all the lights off and start animating that was my first area to, to animate and uh I had to take a lot of breaks for a while I was just bed to chair and uh because of you know trying to get my herniation under control um so going up there I'd spend a few hours just uh toying around with some lights and the camera settings and you know playing with things on manual to see how things work and and seeing how dragon frame function you feel like a kid all over again like when you're back when you're 10 years old because sometimes as you're saying this like i really think that at least for a lot of stop motion people like you know you just most people it seems like they discover when they're a kid and now we're just in our adult lives trying to get back to that state of play and fun and making magic (laughs) i i I take it as to when i was a kid i was at the shoreline playing with sandcastles and when i became more of an adult somebody took me out on a boat drove you know me way out in the middle of the ocean and dropped me off swim back (laughs) and i'm like trying to figure out how to you know tread water this whole time and i'm so far away from my sandcastle uh paradise like how do i get back to it so um i love all the metaphors you're using they make so much sense (laughs) (laughs) well I live one big giant metaphor so you know it's just uh it it, I always I always look at it as this like you know we should always uplift ourselves first and same with the the oxygen mask because if we're uplifting ourselves and we're really truly passionate about what we have always dreamt of our childlike mind state then that gives us the ability to then you know taper off that existential crisis and slowly get back to a, a a good feeling and then once things are you know being created and we're unfolding and and you know blossoming in a sense then that's when people start to notice totally. how you know you're doing things you know you as long as we keep things in a good light we, we stay positive you know no matter what we're going through like it could be the worst situation you could be homeless. I've been homeless. I've lived in my car for a while. I've, I've, you know, I, all these experiences, all this stuff could happen to somebody, but we never know what could possibly happen down the road. It could be a short time. It could be a long time. I always go back to the, uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's a little old school uh, drawing. It's a, it's a guy with a pickaxe and he's digging underground. And then uh, yeah, the diamonds, all these diamonds are there. And then he's turning around and walking away. And I use that as my inspiration. Like I am, I may be this close. I may be this far away. I don't know though. So why even analyze it? Just realize that this is fun. Have a great time doing it. You know, like, well, yeah, what you're saying is like a a big thing that connected with me too. when I was making the switch, because I was like, if I can be 
you know, somewhat successful doing something that I'm not even passionate about and just doing that for years and years and going through school and going through the internships and working my way up the corporate ladder. What can I do when I'm happy about something and actually like naturally want to learn versus like forcing myself to go to the conferences and take the classes and whatever and still doing okay? What is going to happen when you just let me to my own devices and I'm excited to do these things? Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that's what I was able to experience. Um, you know, yeah. I, I stepped, I got out of my um, conditioned mindset, my judgmental side of myself, you know, of, of constantly like, oh, you don't, you don't deserve to have fun. Like that's what was kind of instilled in, in the way that retail approached things, you know, like, you know, make sure the customer's happy, you know, always, you know, abide by them. And, you know, that's, that's good and all, but at this time it, it can become very draining. Uh, but getting back to being inspired by seeing animations like I, I would just deep dive as much as I could on everybody I could find that was in stop motion you know wh whether it was just a tutorial or somebody just clicking through dragon frame or you know somebody uh, setting up their camera like how how do you get this setting for this type of lighting how you know what do I do with the you know the the shutter how do I mess with the aperture you know what you know exposure oh, yeah. do I need you know uh, make sure that the white balance is turned on manual you know everything needs to be manual set it and then uh forget it or make sure you get your animation done and don't change it in between because that's when you start getting flicker and things start to, to grade. So um, there was no one resource out there that I could find that gave me all the information. So I, I did a deep dive. I, I just started researching and, and that's when I found a meetup group on Facebook and hmm. this meetup group, um, it was full of different different mediums of animation animators in there. There was 3d animators. There was 2d animators. There was a, a a few pixelation animators, stop motion. So it was just a, a, like 80 people in there. And we started doing these meetups and then it started to dwindle down to like five. Like online? Yeah, online. And oh, wow. I've never heard of my this. Room. I didn't leave my room because I, <laughs> I had my herniation going on. And fibromyalgia yeah. was kicking in. So I was like, I'm not going anywhere because I could, you know, I could hurt, I could uh, paralyze myself if I keep going. Yeah, my goodness. There's, there's no going back after that. Uh, so I slowed down as much as I could. I used the internet as my resource. I, I went everywhere I could and I found this meetup group um, and they happened to be, you know, mostly based in Florida and Orlando area, which was amazing. Cause you know, I might be able to meet up with some of these guys eventually or girls or whatever, you know, whoever's on there. And um, like I said, it was about 80 something. And then after about a couple of weeks it went down to about five people and then it went down to three people. And uh, it was uh, interesting. Um, uh, a really good buddy of mine and, and um, kind of like my business partner in a sense, uh, his name's Jonathan Franks. And um, he's been helping me so much through meeting people, transitioning from, um, you know, being afraid and, and uh, kind of like a, uh, in my shell to, to breaking free and, and being more uh, outgoing. And, you know, I, I feel like uh, naturally when I'm alone, I'm more, of, I'm more introverted, but when I'm around other people, I can, I can, break out of my shell and, and kind of, you know, meld or mask into it, uh, which it, it, that was what helped me connect with, with John so much. Um, he was, he was an inspiration to me. And, um, but John introduced me to Austin, uh, Williams, who was the, you know, who did our, yeah, I wanted to know how, cause, well. cause like we both have a random, so Austin like randomly followed my animation yeah. from like high school, which oh, was yeah. like, He's been doing it many years ago now. <laughs> He's been doing it so many years. He's awesome. And he randomly reached out to me being yeah. like, hey, I'm doing a documentary with my film class and I've 
proposed to we do it on stop motion and I wanted to get in touch with you. So yeah. similar story to you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, um, it was so cool because I met John and he introduced me to Austin, but then as I was doing more research after I met them, I was going through forums and I found a stop motion forum and I'd realized back in 2013, and this was like 2020, that Austin and John had been working together for that many years, you know, they wow. connected back then and said, Hey, if you need somebody to, you what's know, that motion for him? Was it, uh, they, uh, Austin does claymation yeah, and John does a form of, um, he does like pixelation. Uh, he did pixelation. Uh, he had puppet animation. He, he does all kinds of different forms. He does 3d animation. Uh, right now I'm working with John in unreal engine. So it, it's a fun endeavor. We're going uh, in that direction, but, um, but yeah, they, without the two of them in a sense kind of being there as you know somebody to uplift me when I needed and you know I'd reach yeah. out to them hey guys you know how are you guys doing and Austin would post something that he just worked on and and John was you know he's he's it's like my he's like my director in a sense he'd always get on and be super organized and, and help us uh get to the next step we actually uh worked on a stop motion together it's on my Instagram it's a it's like a little Christmas skit and all of my skits are kind of on the darker side, but always have like a positive message. I, I, I mean, I grew up watching like, you know, animated series like Beetlejuice and Ghostbusters and Invader Zim when I got a little older. So I was always on this like dark inclination. Uh, I always really liked that style of, of animation. You know, I used to watch like all real monsters and, you know, I really loved, uh, and it's really cliche, but um, Nightmare Before Christmas and all of the Tim Burton, uh, you know, styles that popped out after uh, over the time. But you know, that's where I, I really, I was able to connect with them. You know, they have that type of, that same kind of style. John has, has a, a darker kind of style, but light at the same time. And Austin has that kind of darker style that kind of meets in the middle of like Lee Hardcastle and then, uh, you know, other clay animators as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a perfect meld. Uh, we don't work as much together as we, you know we'd like to, but uh, you know that's because everyone's working. Uh, John's in yeah, Orlando. No, it's awesome, how, and it's yeah. it's such important. It's it's you're making a really good point about how important it is to connect with other people in this oh, in this industry because like stop motion. Uh, I feel like a lot of people discover myself because discover stop motion because you do everything yourself and that's exciting and you're just by yourself. Yeah. But then you know you can only learn and do so much and it's so important to have other people who also help motivate you in oh. this industry. So yeah, I'm, I'm so happy you found people that, you know, you really connect with and you've, you've done some really cool things and it's obviously helped you, you know, flourish in your, in your craft as well. Oh man. Yeah. If it wasn't for everybody else putting as much effort as they have, they have been into this. I, I think I might've fallen short, you know, if, if, yeah. if people weren't posting um, tutorials on YouTube or behind the scenes or just toggling through, dragon frame, you know, or, or how they built this diorama out of, uh, you know, uh, foam or whatever, or insulation foam from Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever you're going, you know, it's just, it's amazing to see what we could do with like $25 of craft goods. Totally, totally. No, I love it. You know, I, I mean, stop motion can be so expensive if you want it to be, but my like personal brand is to like use garbage and yeah. like try to spend no money and see what I create. Yeah. yeah, no, like that was my goal too, is like to try to just use like straws and things that you can, you know, either get for free or, you know, like, you know, pieces. Well, I, yeah, I love when, I love when somebody can watch something and know what it's made out of versus yeah. like, I also super appreciate like, you know, when you watch something from Leica and you're like, wow, this is, 
this is like the pinnacle top tier of technology and stop motion coming together. But yeah. I, I have such an appreciation for like watching somebody and you're like, oh, they used, I don't know, popsicle sticks yeah. and they made it look phenomenal and they brought it to life because like I can, I can like go home or like show a kid and be like, you can just use whatever you want and make it come to life. Like, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, if you have old toys laying around, you can throw yeah, them. In totally. Place. Well, that's why I think like, you know, people love watching like action figures stop motion yeah. because it's like, you know, they understand there's a certain understanding that this is something that they can do and buy and it exists, you know, oh. and it's possible. Oh, definitely. Toy Nation has been a huge, <clears throat> huge inspiration for me. I mean, I mean, I grew up playing with Kenner toys. It's just, you know, the thing it's visceral. It's in your hand. You know, you feel all the ridges on the, on the, on the pieces and parts. So, you know, bending them and if they're articulated already. So, I mean, you, you've, you've kind of already beaten it there. You don't have to have a puppet. You have your own, you know, your oh. own actor right there that you can play with. And so, uh, yeah. So, so maybe tell me a, a little bit more about, I know we haven't really touched on this, but you've built a whole style motion studio where yeah. you live right now, basically. I mean, I can see most of it from, yeah. if you're watching this yeah, on you YouTube, like, you can see it. <laughs> like four feet that way. And then I've got about six or eight feet that way. So yeah. uh, it, it's a, just a room. Um, like I was saying, I started in the front room in the dining room table, just doing a little animation here and there playing around. Um, and obviously that wasn't uh, <laughs> the final you know, ability because too much light's coming in, you know, we have to have yeah. dark. You're, so, you're, are you at home right now? I am. Yeah. I'm at home. Uh, my studio is in my spare bedroom here. So, uh, gotcha. is, is this your parents' home? It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm so they're graciously allowing you to, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> build a studio in their spare bedroom. <laughs> yeah. They had, uh, they had two rooms, um, that were just for guests and guests yeah. never came around. So they're like, Hey, you know, you're, you're spending like $2,800 a month on your apartment. How about, you know, since you got herniated, you know, since you herniated your spine, why don't you just come and move in with us? And I was like, at first I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want my own oh, space to be me. You know, I gotta, I gotta, you know, work and up to the standard or whatever, you know? So I, after I realized I, I hurt, I injured myself a little bit more at work, I continue to work at um, in the audio uh, as my at an audio tech for a while. Um, yeah. but I wasn't I wasn't lifting anything heavy like speakers. I was on a strict um, regiment not to do that. But I just I still couldn't go up and down the stairs all day long. So um, so I, I I let that go. And um, after after that, I just went full force. I, I closed the studio up front and they gave me the spare bedroom. It was all carpet at first and, you know, it was really bare bones and um, that was okay. Uh, but the carpet, you know how that is with, with a, a tripod. Yeah, you know, right. You, you said earlier, you glue it to the floor, but then you never get the tripod. <laughs> the carpet's ruined. But uh, so we gutted the carpet out. Um, so they, you ruined the carpet first, then you gutted it. Carpet <laughs> uh, was you know, it's carpet. So, uh, but yeah. we pulled that, put the laminate down and it became much more of a sturdy, uh, surface. Makes sense. So I had previously, before I got injured, um, I had a home and I had a studio in my home, but it was always just for audio, um, for mixing guitars and drums and stuff together, uh, vocals, um, some, you know, uh, Foley, uh, work, some effects and stuff like that, but, yeah. but nothing, you know, super serious. Um, and then, I moved closer to Orlando. I wasn't in Orlando at the time. I moved closer to Orlando and left that house to live in a one bedroom apartment, similar you know, a little studio. And I couldn't have a studio in my studio apartment. It was, it was like, okay, either you have a bed and a TV and a couch and either you relax and you sleep and you go to work or you have a studio. So I had to definitely make um, 
some sacrifices there. But that's when I really got into the filmmaking side, doing short films. But um, after getting injured and moving in here and setting this all up, I took all the gear I had in storage, closed the storage, lined my walls in here. I've got all these metal racks now with all my gear. I've got cameras here. I've got my workshop paint, um, foam board storage, uh, puppet stuff's back here. I've got uh, all the well, Gary's up there, some awards and stuff like that. And then on this side's yeah. audio, this side is uh, editing booth, uh, main side. So I've got, you know, workshop on this side, editing on this side, full studio going. Um, it, my goal was, you know, if I'm going to do stop motion, I better be able to do all of it. I can't just totally. say I'm going to film it and then have to go and get somebody to help me with audio. So, um, so I, I actually just, uh, somebody just emailed me randomly nice. this past week and I put together a list of how I made my own stop motion studio at home with just like the basic essentials. But I'm wondering if you can take, and, and like for, for me, I like, I just, you know, I had to set up my studio during COVID and I just yeah. bought everything off Amazon, which was like the best solution at the time. <laughs> right. uh, the lights, the table, the stool, yep. the extension cords, the tripods, et cetera. And I just, I just opened up the email that I sent them and I have all the links and it took me uh, just under 600 Canadian dollars to buy the essentials of what I've used to, um, to make everything. But I'm just wondering, you know, you're, you're, can you take me, can you walk me through the essentials that you had to, you had sure. to like buy sure. and set up, et cetera. You know, obviously you gutted this, got it. You took out the, the carpet and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But like, you know, you bought the lights and, and et cetera. Okay. Can you walk me through what you did? So I went a little bit overboard when it came to <laughs> just go bare minimum. I decided that, uh, you know, I had the car, the Challenger just sitting there, like I wasn't being used. It was, you know, I wasn't driving anywhere. I'm like, you know what, let's just sell this thing. Sold it. The next day it was gone. Somebody bought it. And I was like, oh, it was meant to be then, you know, not supposed to have this thing. And as soon as I got the money, I purchased my Sony camera, you know, uh, a7 III. I was like, I got to get something good. Uh, it's 24. Yeah. Oh, my $600 didn't include the camera. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. yeah, no, um, so that changes things a lot. I already had a camera. <laughs> okay, that's good. Well, I had a camera, but it was a, a GH4 uh, Panasonic. And you could yeah. use it with Dragon Frame, but you had to use the Blackmagic box and you had to have a converter to this. And Oh, that's too much. <laughs> and it would overheat, so you'd be... You There's know, so many things can, that can go wrong throughout <laughs> the process. Like, if you have the classic, like, you know, Nikon or whatever camera you have, yeah. Um, <laughs> If you wanted to like hook up to dragon frame settings, like no problem, yeah. the manual yeah. lens, etc. One button or yeah, one, one cord. Button. That's it. That's it. One yeah. cord and then dragon frame uh, controller. Yeah, that's how it should be. But yeah, no, this was cable upon cable and it was getting a little uh, uh, overwhelming. So um, bought the camera, uh, got dragon frame, already had a laptop. So that kind of, kind of helps, you know, otherwise that would have been astronomical. I think it's like $2,300 for the laptop alone, yeah. you know? Like, uh, and then dragon frames, what 300, I mean, that's yeah. essential yeah. for, um, you know, using it in a high quality ca uh, capacity. So yeah, I kind of went a little overboard with it. I mean, uh, essentials uh, with computers and everything. I don't know, uh, 12, $13,000, like I said, the car and all my savings kind of went into this. Wow. I jumped off the deep end i was like so so you bought so like you have like professional lights and like a table and like all this stuff wow and like the yeah, audio yeah. too i went Crazy. to ikea and they have these amazing uh stands that you can you can purchase and they they raise and they lower um uh, they're over in the corner hard to get to right now mm. uh, but just go to i went to like a, the hardware store and you get a butcher block uh, 48 inch long by i think it's 30 inches wide and i got 
two sets of those and I was able to set chomping stomping up actually if you watch the documentary again where I'm doing the the time-lapse setup you can see yeah. the tables there so I got those tables best tables I ever invested in they Amazing. don't they don't yeah animation tables super important <laughs> so good. you can raise them up whenever you want obviously you got to take everything off to raise it it would be great to have one of those self-lifting tables but then you well they, they sell those at Ikea as well yeah, yeah I mean I haven't used one I don't know how sturdy it is yeah that's, that's what um... I've seen they're kind of they're a little wobbly yeah you don't want that then <laughs> I needed something that was extremely stable as you know with stop motion so yeah this the tables were essential I mean right now if I could you're on a laptop so I can't really turn you right now I've got a 55 inch on the wall for my view uh, port uh, I've got a 55 inch underneath that for um, you know any kind of extra editing I need with that I've got a 32 inch 4k monitor and then oh my uh, goodness a 24 inch drawing tablet followed by a 21 inch 10, uh, 1080p monitor just to have oh, wow. playing. Oh, and, and two PCs running. I've got a 3070 and a 3060 graphics card. So can uh, we, can we swap apartments? Like literally <laughs> my bedroom, I push my bed to the side and then I sit on my bed. My laptop is on my bed oh, and then man. the cords are connected from my laptop to my tripod camera. And that's my, that's oh, my Yeah. That's, that's where I was there. I, I, uh, in the front room, it was kind of makeshift like that, but I mean, Hey, if you live closer, I'd say you come down anytime, but you know, Fine, I'll move <laughs> come on down. That was my whole goal too, was, uh, when I first jumped on this, I wanted to bring animation back to Florida. Well, you, yeah. You mentioned to me beforehand that you had, you know, you had some animators coming in and using your studio space Yeah, so, as uh, well, which I think is really cool that you've, you've been able to do that. Yeah, Austin's come over a couple times and animated with me here. Um, nice. Uh, my, like I said, my buddy and co-animator, uh, Alexander Maroney, he comes over and animates with me. Actually, um, I would be editing a good portion of Chomp and Stompin' while he was in here actually animating a good portion of it too. So he animated, I'd say, like half That's of it. so fun. And it was really cool too, because we both didn't know how to do any stop motion at Your all. Your parents are just like, yeah, I'll make yeah. some cookies and bring juice. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cookies and milk or whatever. But uh, uh, we didn't know how to do stop motion at all. So he's coming over and I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, we're just going to fumble through this together and figure it out. And, um, you know, in, in the times that he wasn't over here, I was just deep diving research as much as I could. So when he'd come over, I'd say, Hey, I'd learn this, check this out. And then he would be able to, you know, he would mimic what I'm doing and I'd go and edit and then I'd come back and check the footage and it'd be great. So then I go and start editing that footage, wow. and, you know, because it, like I was saying it, it took three years from beginning to finish to create Chomp and Stomp. And, and three years, I mean, the first year was me, like, I don't know how to do stop motion. Let me do research. The second year was actually only 18 slides of of storyboard and only getting like 40 seconds of animation done. So the last six months is where we accumulated the other three minutes and like 20 or 30 seconds of animation. That's so, incredible. And to uh, like, you know, keep that determination going for three years on one project is. Uh... Well, it, it, it only took that long because I had to fumble my way. And but still, yeah, that. like to, to not give up and be like, this project is too much. I, yeah. Like, you know, like let's start with something shorter or just change. Like that's, that's incredible. And congratulations on finishing. It's a really cool music video as well. Thank you. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing it um, just because it, it really reminded me of like, uh, I don't know if you've seen the, the John Carpenter's film, uh, They Live. So it just like reminds me of, of, of They Live in a sense, you know, like all the, uh, all the, you know, uh, propaganda they put everywhere yeah. you know, the consume that kind of stuff so i wanted to yeah. i wanted to pay an ode to that in a sense because you know that's how i felt 
in a cubicle. So I wanted it on film with without me going and saying that to somebody like, hey, like we're being controlled, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then they look at you like you're a conspiracy theorist. Like, oh no, you don't, you're just, just do what you're told. No, I got to instill it somehow in, in, in an art form. And that's yeah. kind of what I wanted to do is just Gary was me and what I went through and uh, all of the zombies and the, the wizard or whatever, the CEO manager guy, those are all the, the employer employers and employees that I've worked with over time. You know, they, they see you not doing what you're supposed to do. They either, they go and tell your boss or they, you know, they, they hold it against you. So, you know, so sad, but I'm glad that, you know, you instilled this, this like experience into your art. Um, Why? So let me ask you this, you know, doing everything yourself uh, with, with people and building your own studio setup. Do you have any, and there's, you know, in the U S there's a large stop motion scene in like Portland and LA, et cetera. Do you have any desire to go and work for a studio and do stop motion or to, you know, get yourself closer to those areas or, you know, with everything you've built, do you just, do you have a desire to build more where you are in Florida and and to bring more work here and, and, you know, start more of a scene where you are and work with people? That's a, that's a really great question actually because I've, <laughs> I've i've literally been badminton this back and forth all day yeah well last three years do i want to okay go- well then let me change the question what would it take for you to move to for instance like portland okay and, and work there what would it take to do that uh i mean it would have to be a substantial you know uh, uh ensure that i'm not just on a two-month contract or something like that uh, to uproot my entire <laughs> existence here yeah i definitely have to have something substantial but but like why not just like go for a two-month contract and then come back here and work on like something fun well the way my condition is i can't yeah um, i can't uh well i could but at the same time i i I have chronic migraines at times so yeah so you can't uh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, if i have one and then i'm supposed to be on set recording it kind of that's not good showmanship workmanship or anything like that so i figured building what I truly am passionate about here in Florida and focusing on my efforts here while I'm here in this area. Um, you know, that's my main focus. It would be, it would be awesome to travel around and, and go to all these beautiful studios and meet all these super talented people and, and experience that. Uh, and, and, you know, one day that, that could happen and I'm not saying it won't, but at the same time, I, I love to take what I have in front of me and what I'm, what, what has been given to me and, and what I've earned over time and just utilize that. I'm, yeah. I'm not like somebody who's looking at travel places to go. Like I, I, I rarely leave the house unless I have to get, you know, necessities. If I got to go to the dollar store to get, you know, craft stuff, or I need to go to get food or pay a bill or something, but I'm, I'm not going out just to socialize or anything like my, my whole existence is like in my studio because I enjoy everything I'm doing. So leaving here, I would have to have that kind of I would have to be able to mirror that in a sense, uh, you know, gotcha. have a group of people that would be uplifting and have that same type of energy and feeling. Yeah. And it just, I'm invigorated to go to work every day, or it's not even work. It's, it's, it's what I dreamt of doing is so it would have to be, you know, that for me. Um, but I, I, I have a, I have a tough time riding in cars for more than 45 minutes yeah. Now yeah. because of the pain I experienced. So getting on a flight and, traveling it, it, it or even driving across the country or you know in a train yeah, that's, that's that's really sorry to hear that yeah well you know it, at the same time yeah it it gives me a better perspective on what i truly want to do now you know i i spent 
a good portion of my younger years exploring places, you know, traveling some places, uh, doing different things, sports and socializing, I act, going to concerts and events. I got to experience all of that. So I got that out of the way in a sense. I don't need that anymore. I don't even desire to, to go out to parties or with people and drink. I don't drink at all. I don't drink alcohol. Um, I drink black coffee and, and water all day long. <laughs> And uh, I'll keep it. you going. Yeah, and occasional tea here and there, but occasional just... tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's that's interesting here because, like, I was also thinking, you know, there are, there are commercial projects where they bring in an animator for like, yeah, I do week, it right here. three days. I do it right here, send me all the stuff. Yeah, but also, <laughs> you know, the world has changed, or I feel like the change has been sped up through COVID, where people are collaborating and working online, and you know, projects have been done where somebody and then somewhere else stop motion animates something and submits yeah. it and then somebody else edits it and contributes their stuff or like sets are sent through the mail but i've like it's crazy yeah. so you know yeah. maybe all i think it might be really that. smart that you've built your own professional studio in your yeah. space where you can do these things so okay now that you've you've built this studio here what is what is your kind of uh strategy going forward with you know you've you've done this music video you've done some other projects uh, you've collaborated on projects what is it, what do you foresee yourself going forward with uh, the studio that you've built? Or do you want to bring, like, do you want, okay. what kind of, like, how am I asking this? Do you want to have like a steady flow of work, like commercial projects, creative projects, uh, et cetera? Or do you want to do more of things like that you're really inspired by and you're choosing to do? Because like, you know, a lot of people get caught up between this, this oh, two paths of I need to work to keep the studio open and the lights on. So I'll take on these commercial projects versus I love doing these creative, you know, music video kind of things. I love this question. Like seriously. You love this question. I love this question. Answer it then. <laughs> so next question. No, next question. <laughs> no, this is, this is, this is it right here. Yes. I would, mm. I would love to do commercial work um, with other studios. Uh, but if I have to, I have to believe in it. Like it has to be yeah. something I truly am passionate about. Uh, I'm fortunate enough at this time in my life that I'm not scrambling to just take on any work, you know, just right, take right. To do it. And it's, it's meaningless to me, you know, everything that I, I, I have like a vetting period for myself. Like if I'm going to take on some work, I, I make sure that I enjoy it. Like right now I'm working with some, um, some nonprofit organizations to help bring out some education stuff for children. And hmm. it's all done in unreal engine. So this type of stuff is meaningful to me because I want to help uplift as many spirits as I can, you know, I love that. Yeah. Myself or just doing things that I love doing. And maybe somebody will notice that and they'll say, Hey, he's, he's doing what he loves. You know, you know, maybe I can do that too. There's not, nothing holding me back. Uh, only this, you know, invisible voice in my head telling me I can't do it. So it's, it's tough because yes, I would love to be able to have my own place and doing commercial work would essentially get me to that to that area for sure um, yeah. but at the same time i am not against doing commercial work i would prefer to do work that has substantial reward but it would have to be reward on both sides for me it would have to be something that i'm truly passionate about and it also provides me with a substantial or sustainable life doing what i love you know i'm not saying like i want to have uh millions and millions of dollars i don't even know what i would do with all of that like what am i going to do with all that money it was great i'd probably just end up building a huge studio and bringing everybody in and then yeah. this that huge, sounds great level tiered madness going on and yeah, yeah that's what i would do i literally every bit of money that i get um from my 
commission work goes right back into my studio uh, or living itself. Like every, every piece of gear in here um, I've purchased through either working in the audio uh, as an audio technician uh, and in major theme parks or uh, working gigs, doing music videos, side projects, little commercials here and there. But along the way, I had to stumble through things, doing things that I didn't enjoy doing. You know, like for a while I was doing re uh, uh, realty photography. I was going taking pictures of homes, inside homes and doing walkthroughs and stuff. And, you know, that's good money and all, but it's, it, it becomes uh, droning in a sense. Right. You're just, you know, okay, yeah, if you're not passionate about it, just go back to retail then. Like why, like why, oh, why keep so doing this thing? Like, you know, I feel the same way too, where like sometimes I get kind of down because, uh, you know, there's a whole, there's the two brains. It's the brain that wants like yeah. the stability and the, and like the income and the nice things. And then there's the brain that wants to do what it wants to do. Yeah. And, uh, when, when the stability brain starts taking over, I, I have to remind myself why, like, why am I doing this in the first place? If I want, if I want that lifestyle, I'll just go back to the business world. Like I can still go back. Like it'll yeah. take some effort and time and yeah. re-establishing connections, et cetera. But like, like the reason that I'm doing this other world is because I want to do what I want to do with my life. Yeah. And if, I don't know what I'm saying, but no, you're saying exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking too. This is, that's it. That's what I, yeah. If I'm uh, sorry, to, no. I just realized what I'm saying. If I'm going to do stop motion, it's because I'm doing it because I love it, not because I'm doing it because it's work. If I want to do work, I'll just do that other thing that I was doing before. So because because I get a, I have been approached with other projects that I'm, I don't want to work on at all and I'm not passionate about. And I'm yeah. like, why would I take this if because I don't want stop motion and animation to become this, yes. to become that other world all over again, because it can be it. Any, it can be that world. And I've talked to people where it is that world where it's just work and they, they don't really enjoy it. And, you know, they're just doing it because they're putting, they're paying the bills essentially. So food and belly, food and belly. Yeah. That's... So, so for you, um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, wanting to have your own place, et cetera, but like, I feel like you're in a good spot to explore what, what this is for you right now and to do those things that you're passionate about. And it seems like you have a space to, to, you know, take some time to really figure that out. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. I, like I was saying, I'm extremely grateful for this location and, and, and being with my family. I, I don't, you know, I don't regret it any day uh, of spending time with them because this is what's important being with the people mm. you love doing what you truly are passionate about, what you really are inspired to do every day, what wakes you up in the morning, you know, what brings that, that energy in and, and just energizes everybody you know gets everyone kind of going yeah. that's what we should follow like if if you have something that you can talk about on a tangent and not use any punctuation whatsoever and you're just in it that's what you should be doing you should be right, following right. that dream that passion not something that you're just monotonic and mundane about like that that really just sucks the life out it's soul sucking and you know we've, we've it's abuse it is abuse from all parts it, either we're self-abusing our you know uh, our lives or daily existence by doing what other people tell us to do, or other people are abusing us by telling us that we're not good enough, or we shouldn't follow our dreams or our passion. Mm. And we should totally be following our dreams and passion. Like that's what we're here for. Like you said earlier, we only live this one life that we know of, you know, so might as well jump off the diving board every single time and, and enjoy every aspect of the pool, you know, enjoy yeah. all of this water. There's so much thing, so many things to do out there. So many possibilities. I mean, if you don't want to do stop motion, you could be a set designer. You could build these beautiful elaborate sets, or if you don't want to do that, you can make puppet clothing. Like, um, uh, Alex is a fiance, uh, 
uh, Loretta Castillo. She is our puppet clothing um, maker. She actually has her own little uh, fashion company called Alien Font, and they make amazing clothing. They make clothing for everyone and anyone who wants to to step outside of the realm. Her logo, her slogan is uh, is uh, fashion. Um, out of, out of this world fashion, basically. They have these amazing little beanies and she does the hard resin for these horns that she makes and they glow and all kinds of different oh, shapes. Wow. But she did all the public clothing and um, Alex did the face replacement for, for Gary. Like he came up with a way to do that, just did research and started uh, resin casting the faces and came up with a way for us to change them out. We only had like three different faces and we figured clay was the best way, but everybody can find their own thing you know i have i have i have two thoughts on this and one is like i've actually talked to people who have used animation or stop motion just as the the most similar thing to what they want to do and they're not actually doing like for instance like i've talked to somebody who actually just wants to make puppet designs and like make puppets but they're doing stop motion because they feel that they can't really go on their own and just do puppets so they're doing like stop motion as a, as like the closest thing to what they actually want to do. And they're not actually doing the thing they want to do, which I think is crazy because, you know, there's, there's, there's obviously something to say about, you know, having stability and and putting, you know, having an income and developing a craft, but also like you should spend the time to, to do the thing you want to do. And, and the person yeah. you said, I, I forget her name already, oh, <laughs> but like, you know, yeah. just explaining, just listening to you explain how cool these glowing horns are that she's doing oh, already so- has me interested in what she's doing. But if she, for instance, was like, you know what, I'm, you know, like there's not much craft in these, uh, there's not much success in making these cool horns and hats and things and clothing. So I'll just do this most similar thing, which is animation. You wouldn't have shared to me, a stranger, what she's doing oh, yeah. unpromptedly, you know, like, so yeah. we would, oh, yeah, I, I had no idea how to even get these puppets to have clothing on them. You know, they, at first they were just naked ball and, you know, socket armatures. I figured, you know, I just put clay over top of it and that didn't work. So <laughs> Alex, you know, I knew um, Alex's fiance, Alerta had a, a fashion company. I was like, you, know, do you guys want to collaborate on this have some fun create some stuff that we've never done before and they were so for it and um you know in a short period of time uh at the time alex was living over in orlando and i was over here a little north of tampa and he was driving over through like it was like a four-hour round trip just to come and animate and you know maybe two or three seconds a day that's crazy and he'd come all the way over just to animate so uh all these amazing synchronistic moments happen. I mean, it, it, at the time for them, it was not, not the best, like uh, their roof at their apartment collapsed in on them. Uh, the, the couple of their steps what? leading up fell. So it was like the universe is like, hey, you guys need to move. You need to move. Yeah, get out of this place where you'll die. It was the crazy. Here's the really cool thing is that her parents, uh, Loritz's parents live about 10 minutes, 20 minutes away from where I'm living with my parents. So they moved here in this area. So Alex was able to travel back and forth and animate with me uh, pretty much, you know, three or four times a week. And we were able to get, you know, like I said, in six months, we knocked out almost three and a half minutes of animation plus editing it. (laughs) So, um, you know, uh, I, I think it was July uh, 2021 when we finished, we wrapped all photography, principal photography was done. Uh, I said, all right, Alex, you know, I'll, I'll see you in a little bit. I'm going to go lock myself in my room and, and edit. And then uh, I believe it was August 1st, I was finished. It was like middle wow. of July. And I started, I had already begun editing 
the process, but I had edited everything down in 1080 and I didn't want that. Um, and I edited, I started editing all of the rigs and the painting the face in Photoshop, like you do, but it's just, you know, having 6,000. I know we have that. We have methods there. <laughs> I mean, not at maybe all. you can, maybe you can give me some it. tips on using After Effects to remove oh, oh, them. So many people yeah. have told me to do this. And when Anytime. I tried, I just am not satisfied with my, Anytime with the result. Sit with you for an hour over Zoom and we'll just, I'll show you how to do it and it'll change your entire approach on it. But I was, okay. Photoshop. Okay. I'm actually working. I haven't filmed anything yet, but I'm working on like a, a cool little project with like some cavemen and spacemen that oh, I'll sweet. have to rig up on green screen i've never tried animating on green screen i always I, I i don't my like personal philosophy with all the animation i've done is like do no compositing so like yeah. just do everything in scene but now I, for the first time i want to do like 2d backgrounds with uh That's with uh the stop motion characters on top so i'm gonna have to green screen the stop motion which i've never done before awesome. so i will i will call you up and pick your brain oh, when i reach sure. that point yeah like i'd say 40 percent of chompins no thir like 30 percent of chompins chompins green screen Hmm. And they're all composited. Like um, wow. there's, you know, I would animate this puppet in front of a green screen and then we'd animate this puppet the opposite direction in front of the green screen. And then we, I'd set up the, the set and take photos in the same angle of the set. And then I would say, oh, the green screen's here on this end of the set. I need a picture of a wall. So I take a picture of the wall real quick and then I'd composite it in and, hmm. and everything was tracked. I did every, uh, I use manual sliders. So I'm like, you know, take a picture, move the slider a little bit take another photo, move it a little bit, make sure it's, you know, moving properly. So having to do that for five or six, you know, uh, different images or, you know, 30 frames times six for just one scene or one three second image and, you know, tracking everything by hand, it can get, it can get tedious. So I was trying to do all that in, uh, like I said, in, in Photoshop, but Photoshop restricts you from being able to use tracking and smoothing, uh, you know, the camera motions. Uh, so After Effects was the best. Plus, I wanted, I said I started editing in 1080. I wanted it to pop out at at uh, 6K because I'm crazy. And <laughs> you got 6,000. A resolution four. nobody's prepared for. <laughs> so I, I edited the thing in 6K. Um, and you can't do that in Photoshop. They only allow you to export, I think it's like 5,000 by 4,000 pixels. Oh my goodness. Who bears this being displayed at 6K? I'm wondering. Well, I just, you know, figured I'd, do it just for fun but anyway like I IMAX, up, IMAX yeah, theaters I ended up exporting it at 4k and and I was happy with it in the end so but yeah it's yeah. just you know uh Photoshop was great uh it lets you get in there and, and make really clean um concise uh you know movements but uh when it comes to you know animation where the character is moving across the set or the scene and they have yeah. a, a giant line on their face I found that uh After Effects has some amazing features built into it. So yeah, whenever you're ready, I'm I'm totally okay. Done. Done. Yes. It's done. really um. It's just all about uh going outside of your comfort zone, trying something new, um, not being afraid to experiment with something. Uh, I just went and bought the thirty or fifty dollar green screen, you know, one that opens up and you can just slap it on the wall, and um, and then I just figured out how to light it and and how to light the puppets and and you know every. Everything has to be in manual. So uh, just make sure when you're hey, ready. Yeah, I'll call you up. I'll like walk you through live video what I'm doing. So far, yeah. I've done some green screen tests just with like oh, a cool. Bristol board, like a green Bristol board and lighting. And it seems seems OK, because part yeah. of part of the caveman, like his um, his like his outfit is like furry. It's like fur. So yeah. I was I'm like I did some a bunch of tests to figure out, you know, how can I get this fur to look proper? 
and nice. like cut on green screen because like that's super because it's not clean right like it's just yeah. like little hairs well, everywhere so it seems okay so far but i'll i'll call you up yeah definitely <laughs> so okay so you finished yeah. this three-year-long journey film very <laughs> recently well like six months ago or whatever yeah. um you know how how did that feel and what's next for you now it felt oh, it felt liberating at the same yeah. time i was kind of scared because i had made something that i'd never made before and i didn't and know also these this these good. like these guys that had the music video you like come to them three years later <laughs> yeah they were like well, they were totally understanding though um they they understood my commitment and i was always keeping yeah. them in the loop showing them new images they understood the 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 time it took and um you know what what was in store uh was not going to be easy they understood that completely when they mm -hmm. they brought me on board and and again you know it was kind of like i used this as like i'd say chomp and stomping is like my dissertation i i feel like i i learned everything Basically. i needed to learn and that's my way to graduate from what you know my uncomfort of myself and feeling uh, insecure over my capabilities now i shouldn't I shouldn't have those any longer, which uh, they like to go back to what you're saying earlier, they do creep in from time to time, but now having that self-realization and being able to stop myself and say, that's just somebody else saying that from oh, the really? past, that doesn't mean anything. The real truth is I can do anything I put my mind to and yeah. then, you know, anything I want to do and I can bring people with me and help them, you know, and they help me because I learned something every single time Alex came over. And, you know, I might show him a new technique and a new way to do things, but by him doing it and me observing it, it really gave me a new perspective on how this can be done in different ways. You know, how we're able to set up the green screen like you're about to do and composite multiple scenes together uh, or multiple images sets from for one scene and, and make it look, uh, you know, cohesive. So it's not just like, you know, you got a puppet going this way and you got the, the wall kind of drifting off in the background. So it, it's scary. I'm, I'm going to say that hundred percent. It's scary to put yourself out there when you like, when I haven't hadn't put myself out there like that, I was really nervous um, to present my work in that kind of capacity. But I quickly realized that there are so many uplifting people out there and not just the stop motion community, but pretty much all of these indie film areas, everyone is, is really there to, to inspire each other and bring a new light to creation. Uh, there's, you know, we're so stuck on um, what the cookie cutter, the, you know, things coming out on a conveyor belt that when something like, uh, you know, your, your wizard or the duck come out and you see the fuzz coming off of the end of it and you, you know it's made out of actual handmade items that, that there's reality behind that, that there's, it's not just CG, even though I, you know, I love CG. I do a lot of CG, a lot of 3D work and compositing, but just to be able to, to hold something in your hand, like we were saying earlier and, and see it move on the screen afterwards. And then if you've taken multiple sets of images and put them together to see that the puppets are interacting together, that that's magic. That's mm -hmm. something that nobody can take away from you once you have it. And that's what truly inspires me, seeing that I could go from being, you know, broken in a sense to feeling able to present myself out there in front of a, in front of a live audience and not, and, and not wither away, you know, because all of this, you know, truckloads of, of guilt that people instill on you, uh, it, it does, it, it hits you pretty hard. Um, but then 
there's there's no reason for it once once we cross that that line in a sense you know you can look back and you say wow i beat myself up for so many years and then if you see somebody doing it to themselves you can you can reach down deep inside of yourself and work extremely hard at yourself and then maybe live through an example for them and they may actually pick up on it and have that same kind of epiphany and if if they don't then that's okay because what you're doing is you're just it's like a test every time you're you're trying new things you're testing the water you're growing and and it's keeping me um grounded it's keeping me from being able to or it's, it's allowing me to to be in that area to where when that flood of emotions comes in like a tidal wave, I can, I can then dig my feet into the ground and wait for it, allow it to subside and it goes back out to sea. And I don't have to worry about it anymore because I'm able to get back up, try something new, uh, you know, whether it's stop motion, whether it's, uh, working in unreal engine, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's all inspiring to see these characters come to life. You know? oh, yeah, I love it. And, and like, you also have the proof of completing this film and other, your other projects too, to look back on and be like, no, I can, I can do this, even if it takes three years. Like, I think I was just enjoying what you were saying. I think that's amazing. So, you know, like maybe as we were wrapping up the chat a little, chat a little bit, like what's, what's next for you going forward? Definitely. Um, uh, I'm all, I'm always open for stop motion. I, <laughs> I love it. Whether it's in my room with a puppet or a set, because I, I would love that. I could totally you know, turn everything around and makeshift it to where it's back to functioning status or, or it's bringing characters to life that are 3D oriented and, and, you know, showing personality to them and, 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 you know, bringing that magic. Uh, so I don't want to limit myself to one form, to one yeah. medium. Yeah. Uh, I'm also, besides everything I'm working on, we're working on uh, bringing multiple different, um, award-winning scripts to life in animation. I'm, I'm working with, uh, I met a couple of filmmakers at one of the film festivals, the Spooky Empire Film Festival. I met them, uh, they have scripts and short films that they put all over the nation, all over the world for film festivals and they're winning awards left and right. Um, so we have this amazing script. It's called Kingdom City. And I don't want to give away too much, but so you it, just walked up to this person. You're like, oh, no, I, I didn't even really cool. He walked up to me. Oh, he was like, I think you're really cool. Yeah, It was so humbling, too, because I was I didn't know it was three people walk up to me and they're like, they just want to start talking to me about my process. You're like, like, who are you guys? Well, no, I had already knew one of the guys uh, from previous film festivals and yeah. um, he had just moved down and I was watching his films. And that's when I first started uh directing films uh like short films and we were at the festival and i'm watching his film and it's kind of like matrix related and it's awesome i'm like really into it i'm like wow that's so cool didn't talk to him ever again you know or didn't even talk to him that day i left and and then you know it's like four or five years later i'm at spooky empire and they come walking up to me after i just got done talking about chomp and stomp and they're really interested in animation um but we got to talking and uh they had the script kingdom city and it, it has so much meaning behind it um it's basically just about like uh some of the stuff that we all go through like you know a father tells you that you're not good enough you're not you know can't do this it kind of shuns you away and you live your whole life and then you're trying to get back to that that childlike mind state and uh oh, wow. this movie is definitely going to heal uh but we're going for like a uh an anime kind of style like a the 2D but meets 3D kind of feel. So oh, nice. it's, it's challenging for me. I've never done 
2D like that, but I'm I'm willing and yeah, want yeah. to go into an area that I've never explored and try something totally new and bring something. Oh, I love that because it's so easy to be like stuck in a comfort zone as well and say like, oh, you know what? Like this sounds cool, but it's not my not my style. Like you should talk to somebody else who it is. Instead, yeah. you're like, no, let's figure this out. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, this speaks to the importance of, you know, just going to places and connecting with people like animation festivals where yeah. everybody there is on the same page as you <laughs> oh oh definitely everyone's there to create and um you know whether or not uh they've created something already or they're insp aspiring to or you know just gearing up to be able to to pull the trigger on on doing it you know whether it's getting a storyboard going or it's you know going and buying a camera or just downloading free software on your iphone those all lead up to the greatness that could be and limiting ourselves in that comfort zone really keeps us from being able to try new things. And that's what this, I think that's what this life is all about. You know, if anyone's to ask me what the meaning of life is, it's, it's to try new things and to grow. Oh my goodness. I love that. <laughs> I was going to ask you if there's anything else you wanted to share, but well, on top of that, can you top that? Can you top the meaning of life itself? All right. Oh yeah. <laughs> 42 but no i i, I I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make that the podcast title like jace <laughs> shares the meaning of life itself that's <laughs> i don't think uh i should uh be the one to to describe the meaning of life uh but uh at the same time in that caveat i believe that we should all be aspiring to do what we truly want to do and yeah. in a positive light i mean you know uh, whatever we learned and watched on TV. And if that's something we want to do, maybe we need to reevaluate our lives, but, uh, <laughs> but definitely follow your dreams and don't give up on it. If somebody tells, you no, then it's, it's probably, it's something you should do. You know, if, if you're truly passionate, if, if you go to somebody and you say, I want to do stop motion animation and they look at you and they say, why that's too hard. Don't do it. Find something easy. Just know that that is, that is them saying, do it, jump on board, yeah. have fun with it try something new. And then you know what, if it doesn't work out, then you tried something new. And like you said, you never know, you may want to make puppet clothing. You may yeah, want to absolutely. set up the camera. You may want to, you know, cause we have directors of photography. We have directors, we have uh, puppet fabricators, we have wardrobe, we have all kinds of different areas in, in, in our medium that somebody could find a home and, and fall in love with their passion yeah. all over again. So there's there's really nothing holding us back besides our, our own selves. And at the end of Chomp and Stompin, um, Gary, our protagonist, he kind of has the battle with the evil wizard at the end, which is the overseer. And then uh, Gary touches the, the overseer on the shoulder and realizes that the overseer is actually himself. So the true meaning of all of this is that we hold ourselves back. And that if we can get past ourselves and overcome uh, the insecurities that we hold on to so dearly, then that will allow us to break free and become our true selves. Wow. I feel like uh, you're <laughs> taking me on an emotional journey through wisdom. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I tend to do. So no, I love, no, honestly, I love this. And I think what you're doing is really special. And uh, like your whole message of positivity and uplifting and like digging into yourself to figure out what you want to do, it's, it's really impactful. And, you know, like, like you, I, I really do feel like you've taken me on an emotional journey through this chat, which is, which is, you know, I, all I can say is like, it's just really special. I think what you're doing and, and you're where you've come from and what you're, where you're going towards. I think it's uh, amazing. And I'm so happy we connected so randomly. I'm so happy too. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> so um, 
like I said, man, your, your work inspired me so much to continue oh to push. Goodness, that means so much to me. <laughs> I think I watched the, the wizard and your duck drop like a few weeks after, like after you created it. And then wow. I saw the, the I, I can't remember the name, the, the little purple bouncy guy with the ears. The, oh my the, goodness. The mouse. Yeah. The mouse. So that I put in mouse, everything. When the mouse came out, I was still up front in my little area up there. Uh, That's in the crazy. Dining room table. And I'm watching your stuff on Instagram while I've got everything set up here. Like, I'm like, this is so cool. How do I do this? And that's when I really fell in love with the viscerality of it. You know, the, yeah. the buzz and, and the, the texture and how everything was put together. And that's when I said, I'm going to use foam. And I, I bought felt for the carpet just because you use felt on the duck. And it just, Oh made my God, I'm literally, I'm like holding back tears right now. You don't know how much that means to me. Well, <laughs> I made, I made those things from such like a personal place like not thinking anybody would care and like even oh. feeling like uh like I didn't even want to put it out there I was so kind of nervous and embarrassed to share it and like literally it's been it's been life-changing and it's changed other people too like that that's that's amazing I love hearing that so much thank you <laughs> most definitely thank you for putting it out there and keeping this uh this going I mean I know we're only one person at a time but I, just us being one person doing what we truly love is is I believe it's keeping this, this medium alive and keeping it, you know, the blood flowing through the veins and, and allowing us to explore new realms and not be put in a corner. Totally. Oh my goodness. Oh Oh my goodness, Jace. Well, thank you so much for coming on the chat. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love that we've connected and um, I think you're doing really cool stuff, even with all of the crazy challenges you're facing, which I think is really inspirational. And I'm hoping that somebody else is listening. I know somebody else is listening. I'm listening to this feeling inspired. So <laughs> I'm really happy to share your story. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been thank an you. absolute pleasure. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure for me as well. And I, I look forward to linking up with you shortly and, uh, you know, wow. seeing your work grow and, and what you come up with next. I, I, I just can't wait to see your stories, man. They're, they're definitely inspiring and, and so cute because, I mean, we need that. We need a little darkness and we need a little cuteness to make everything. Yeah. Well, I, my one of my goals is to do something adult and dark next with my personal work. So I have some ideas, but we'll see. But likewise, 100%. And um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And if you're listening and you want to follow or get in touch with Jace, the best way to do that is to reach out to him on Instagram at space underscore Jacer or check out his YouTube page channel, which is Jace Wirtz or check him out on Facebook, which, which is Jace Wirtz Productions. And I'll include all those links in the description of this chat. So give them a look. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. <laughs>